So when I look at the stair, it was quite scary. And, and when I look through the, from, from the bottom to the top, and it feel like the hell upside down. You know, so I said that our hero is fighting hell, you know. So I just uh, give him uh, one instruction. I said, I want to do it all in one shot. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, a grieving father enacts his long-awaited revenge in director John Woo's action drama, Silent Night. The film tells the story of Brian, a man who witnesses the death of his son when the boy is caught in gang crossfire on Christmas Eve. Recovering from a wound that cost him his voice, Brian embarks on a bloody quest to punish those responsible all without uttering a word. In addition to Silent Night, Wu's other directorial credits include the feature films Manhunt, Paycheck, Wind Talkers, Mission Impossible 2, Face Off, Broken Arrow, Hard Target, and Bullet in the Head. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Wu spoke with director Brian Helgeland about filming Silent Night. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Thank you so much, and uh, I uh, like to thank Thunder Row and Capstone and Lionsgate and uh, for giving us great support. And also, I need to thank uh, my good friend Brian for uh, doing this, I, I, it's such a great honor. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I know, John, it's your first uh, Hollywood movie in 20 years, um, uh, but you never left because you're all over, um, you're all over every Marvel film, you're all over every John Wick film. You're all over every Fast and Furious film as far as the action and the desire to choreograph it and um, create a kind of ballet over it. And I was just wondering how you feel about that, that the influence that you've had um, over action movies uh, since. Well, I, uh, I just feel I, uh, we're all in a big family. We're living in a big family. I, uh, uh, in the old time, uh, since I have learned so much from the West, I have learned so much from the European film and, and the old Hollywood film, and then uh, especially I have learned uh, so much uh, from Sam Peckinpah and <laughs> Howard Hawks and uh, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, all all those great masters. So I. I learned from them and also uh, has uh, steal something from them. <laughs> and then to create my own style. Now I could see there are a lot of filmmakers that uh, got some you know, inspiration from my film. Uh, I feel flattered, you know, and I also feel uh, actually we are all learning from each other. 
you know, uh, and until now, you know, I, 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 uh, uh, I, I, I'm still learning. But I must say, some of the uh, filmmakers, they, they even make better, uh, you know, better action scenes, you know, better than I do, you know. <laughs> right, well, they can't, they can't make a John Woo film better than John Woo can, though. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to just sort of, we're going to talk about the film, but I always, I think it's always interesting to hear how you got here, and and really as a as a boy almost, um, if you could talk a little bit about growing up and and the influence that movies had on you uh, before you knew that you wanted to make movies and and how that progressed. Well, uh, it's it's looked like a dream to me. You know, I have never. First of all, I have never dreamed I can work in Hollywood and uh, making an American movie. You know, I just, uh, uh, I, I was thinking, you know, I could you know, just make a movie in Hong Kong, that's, that's good enough. But uh, all of a sudden, uh, since my movie, uh, The Killer and April Tomorrow, uh, I have got so much good attention from the Western audience. Uh, so all of a sudden, I have got so many invitations, and and I've got so many scripts and 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 story from Hollywood. They there was so much interest to brought me here uh, to making movies. And then uh, since uh, I since uh, in Hong Kong, all we could do was uh, only action or comedy. And, and nothing else. So I, uh, I, I saw you, you said they were called, you could either do a fist movie or a pillow movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fist and the pillow, you know. It means that, you know, uh, action and sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something. So, but I, so, uh, so since I, uh, I really wanted to learn something more, I really learned to, you know, uh, uh, learn more from Hollywood. And so that's why I took a chance and uh, came over here. Uh, and I was so lucky, and I was so lucky to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to work on my first movie for uh, Universal, Universal, Universal. And then uh, uh, also, I'm uh, so lucky to meet the producer like Sam Remy and Jim Jackson, uh, everybody. And there are people here so nice for me. Uh, <laughs> really, and they have given me a lot of great respect. I was so shocked. You when, know? when did you realize, like, when the, so when the killer came out and it became an international hit, you know, a sensation in a way. When did you realize that you had become a, an international director? Did it, oh, when did uh, it dawn uh, on you? Yeah, I, I was totally surprised because I, uh, since uh, uh, in the whole time, that, you know, the Hong Kong movie had never got a worldwide release. And uh, all we could, you know, share was, uh, uh, was uh, in a Chinatown uh, theater. And all of a sudden, when I heard that I have, uh, there are some, uh, some people from, uh, from France, some people from Japan, and, you know, and 
even uh, some, you know, higher uh, uh, they, uh, uh, the studio people, Warner Brothers and Tony Fox, uh, they have sent uh, somebody to you know, flew to Hong Kong to meet me and uh, very interested. And I also have met uh, Mr. Oliver Stone, you know, that he also wanted to produce a movie for me. So I, uh, I, I was totally surprised, and, and I, uh, it was hard to imagine, you know, how, how, uh, you know, how ha happy I, I was, you know, and then uh, it's totally unexpected. So especially when I came over here, you know, I one day I had, to, uh, I went to a uh, a very famous record store. Uh, uh, for the signing for the fans. And and then the, it was the first time I realized I got friends. <laughs> you know, and and those people, the young people, they have lined up for six hours just waiting for me for the signing. I, 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 I got tears in my eyes. I got, you know, it's hard to believe it because in Hong Kong, and uh, everybody know about me, and then uh, they, uh, the, the Hong Kong, uh, they are not uh, no fan uh, such thing. Right. Uh, they only got fan for the movie star, not the director. And when the people saw me, just waving, oh hi, how are you? And then there was, and I, uh, and then I didn't realize, and the people were so, so nice, and I, I, uh, I didn't know how to describe it, <laughs> and that's it. I got so much luck, and uh, uh, till now I got uh, I could continue making movies, and uh, uh, I really, really appreciate it. No, no, that's great. And thank you. And when when you were very young, obviously there's no film school to go to. You're no, you're a poor kid growing up in a poor neighborhood, and what? What were some of the first movies that you saw that kind of took you, took you by storm in a way? My first movie? Yeah. What the first movies you remember seeing that you loved, the musicals, or you, you mentioned West Side Story in, in an article I read. And Oh, uh, The Visual of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I was so, I was so, uh, so, so much joy, you know, but watching that movie, you know, it, it, it gave me a lot of hope, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of beauty of life. You know, you know, since I was uh, raised in a slum, you know, I, I always, I always uh, got to deal with the gang every day. You know, and I, uh, and I usually got beat up. You know, beating up so hard. And then I, you know, whenever I got beat up, you know, I, uh, I, I went to the theater. And I feel safe, and especially when I saw a movie like The Visual of Arthur, and I, and I have found there's, the world is still beautiful, and there's still a lot of beautiful pe people around, you know, so I, uh, it's it, it, it very encouraging. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, so, and, uh, I, I, I was so much love in a musical, you know, I love musical. And then the Western, you know, the John Wings movie, and then the, then the, then the, uh, you know, the gangster film. But, uh, 
okay, oh, uh, besides visual arts, and also uh, I, I, I really like uh, uh, seven pride for seven products. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, it's so much great energy and, uh, and so much charming. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So what were those? So you came here and, and how is it different um, from what you had done in Hong Kong when you came here to first start working over here on uh, American films? Well, in Hong Kong, uh, I think uh, uh, the director is everything. So the director controlling everything is is uh, uh, you can work pretty much like a, a tour, you know. And then uh, uh, it, it got so much power, and uh, we have all kind of a final approval. Uh, they're all uh, you know. But in Hollywood, it's a big difference, you know, it's, you know, the studio and the big star, you know, control everything. So, and then, but uh, no matter what, you know, I, I still got a, a, a great respect from both places. Yeah. Uh, in Hong Kong, which, uh, I used to work with a much smaller team. And, and then the, the people are also so dedicated. Uh, but in here, I think the people more professional. And then uh, uh, no matter in, uh, uh, you know, in what way, you know, uh, you know, everything was so 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 professional. Yeah. So you left. For a while, he left for 20 years and went back to China, making movies in China. Um, and you made the very beautiful, the Red Cliff movie, yeah. um, and did a lot of sort of teaching, I think, as far as crews over there and bringing, bringing all the, what you learned here about spectacle and, and size and scope back to there and, and, and probably taught a lot of people that stuff. Um, well, did, did uh, the reason I went back to China for making the Red Cliff, uh, it was uh, because of uh, there quite a few of my friends uh, from China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. They were asking me to uh, to do a little help for the uh, for open up, for helping the Chinese movie uh, can open up the model of the market because the Chinese movie is it was hardly get. Uh, the worldwide, you know, release, you know, so and uh, so that's why I, uh, you know, I I went there just for help, you know, for making, uh, try to using the Hollywood system to make a Chinese movie, and also can uh, and let the young people uh, uh, in China can uh, can learn can learn something, you know, from uh, uh, from here. So I. Uh, so I brought in uh, half of the uh, crew, uh, you know, into China and working with, uh, yeah, with the Chinese young kid and make, make them to learn from them, uh, make them to learn how how the big, big Hollywood film uh, got made, you know, and then so they learn everything, and and then the movie uh, we have we have spent a lot of money <laughs> to, to to make it. You know, and then and also 
the, the movie worked pretty well and uh, and also had brought in the uh, uh, bring back the audience you know bring the audience back into the theater so that uh, and, and, and it was a huge success success in uh, Japan right and Korea yeah uh, so now, what? So you finally you, now you're back here, making the Hollywood movies again. What what brought you back here? And and can you talk about how Silent Night, your how your involvement began and how that all went? Well, I uh, I have made uh, uh, about three movies in China. Uh, one only one got uh, uh, Success, but uh, the other two wasn't worked that well, uh, and and I'm uh, you know I, I so I came back you know and I started looking uh, looking uh, for something you know something of really interest uh, to do you know since uh, you know a long time quite a while ago uh, since I have been established as a big movie director you know sort of a class director. And I really got uh, fed up with it because you know I I I just tried something I wanted to try something smaller you know something easier to control uh, you know when I but uh, you know all time you know that my partner or my agent they uh, they have never get me any um, uh, uh, much smaller scale you know script. You know, and then they they always said, you know, oh, it's too little for you, it's too small for you, John. You know, yeah, you should make a big movie. You know, I I really got tired of it. The the biggest movie got the biggest problem. So always like that. Even though the uh, uh, the numbers look good, you know, then then, but uh, but actually, they, it's still like the uh, uh, we still should like the independent, you know, and. Uh, you never feel got enough money to do anything, and um, so when I when I got a script, uh, you know, I decided nice. I was so excited, and then uh, it, uh, and it was my uh, uh, my first independent movie uh, in in the uh, uh, in America, you know, and I find the movie, you know, the whole movie got no dialogue. Oh, I think it's pretty challenging, you know. <laughs> and then uh, it had, uh, you know, uh, quite a good story. So, uh, so I, uh, so I took it a try. And then uh, I also uh, have so much confidence about the uh, from the uh, uh, production company, you know, Thunder Row, and uh, since uh, they have made quite a successful movie like John Wick, you know, I. Uh, uh, I believe in that, you know. So I, uh, uh, and, and when I look at the script, it also had made me uh, to change my own style a little bit. Right. You know, uh, usually my kind of movie uh, uh, look a little, uh, you know, uh, too fancy or, you know, uh, too much of romantic something. Uh, also, you know, you know, some crazy action, uh, even uh, even over the top a little bit. <laughs> but now this movie, I, I I did try to make it more realistic, and then uh, uh, mainly is uh, 
you know, a lot of a sequence, like uh, uh, even though the action sequence, I did it in one long take, and, and since we, since we, uh, we didn't get much of time, you know, and also make me, you know, have to make everything to shoot and make every shot uh, in a smart way. Right. Yeah, you know, so, and then uh, when I, um, when my AD and, uh, uh, and uh, you know, uh, and my, uh, my production team, you know, they, sometimes they had to complain a little bit. Is it, is it really, you know, not enough time? We only got 38, 13 days. And then I told them a story. And my, my friend, Brian, Hickelin, you know, he, he had made a movie called Legend. This is a very extremely complicated, uh, character and story, but he only started in, uh, not in the 40 days. It was really shocked me. You know, uh, if he can do it, you know, I, I think we also can do it. Uh, so, you know, you know, uh, so, uh, fortunately, we have a very good crew. Very good crew from uh, from the United States, uh, and also got a very good uh, Mexican team, and also have uh, some people from France, uh, from Colombia, and from uh, England. You know, so they, you know, so and then everybody worked so hard. Uh, I I really appreciate them. Um, so so how would you as you approached it and working with the actor with Joel Kinnaman, and creating a character that has no dialogue and has a, a, a very internal life in the film. How did you go about creating that whole feel? Well, uh, when we were shooting the movie, I, uh, I, was, I was just uh, feeling uh, it, 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 it's, I, I'm, I'm shooting a normal, normal movies, you know, and then when I woke with the show, uh, and the other actors are pretty simple. Now the scene is, is, is about, uh, you, uh, you, you have got so much pain of the, uh, of, uh, losing your son, you know, and then, uh, you just get your true feeling, you know, and then, uh, and I also told them, you know, and, uh, since they have no dialogue, I think the best, uh, thing is that for using your eyes, using your eyes to express uh, to, ex uh, to expression, you know, and, and then to express how you feel about it. I, uh, you know, and then so, so I let them free. I let them, uh, uh, to do what they want, you know, and, and then, uh, so, and Joe, uh, is a very clever man, you know, he, you know, he, he, he understood everything and then, uh, he is very well prepared, you know, he, and he's really got in, into the uh, character. So I have no worry about him. You know, and when we uh, on a set, well, I no need to uh, explain too much since they have no dialogue. So we have we, we no need to right. uh, do any long discussion, you know. But uh, sometimes we work together, and then the, 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 we work together so well, you know, one day. Sometimes he, he, uh, he brought up some uh, new idea or, or something he wanted to do, and then we, you know, 
Yeah, then we work together. You know. Yeah, and you, I think you feel it from the sets sometimes. You, you, without the dialogue, you're forced to explore the space a little bit, and that is, is some very interesting storytelling. I think when he goes into his son's room, I, I think it's only two shots, maybe one or two shots. Only in one shot. Uh, two shots, yeah. And when he goes into the room, and, and the way you play that, panning to the seeing the kid and coming back to him, and yeah. you really visualize everything that's going through his head at the time. Yeah, that's how you work with Shinzo. Uh, okay, uh, for the for that scene, and then uh, in a script, you know. Originally, uh, he, when he walked into the uh, room and he saw the, all uh, the toys, and then the, in the script, uh, uh, it's a, he had a lot of a flashback. The flashback is, is uh, playing the toy uh, with his son. Uh, so uh, it's a lot of a warm, warm, you know, uh, you know, a moment, you know, that. that uh, but we only got half of the day to shoot it, you know, how could we do all the fresh spec, you know, in half of, uh, you know, uh, how can we do everything, you know, in, in, uh, only half of the day? And then uh, he uh, came up with the idea, I said, oh, John, I, uh, what am I uh, thinking and, and dreaming to uh, sleeping my son? I said, oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Uh, she said, we have no time, let's do it all in one shot. You know, and then, uh, so you, you lie on the bed, and then the camera will pushing in uh, to you, the close up, and then while the camera pull back in, we, we put the little kid, you know, sleep, uh, you know, uh, beside him, and then, and then he touches his son, and, and then, and then our camera pushing in, uh, you close up again, so, uh, and, and while we're pulling back, uh, the child, uh, disappear. So, and everybody's so excited about this uh, setup, and then the especially, uh, uh, our camera operator, uh, Eric, uh, which is uh, from France, you know, he said, oh, it's very, uh, dynamic, uh, shot, you know, and then, uh, uh, because he's very good at uh, using a static cam. He used a steady cam like a dory, you know, and then he, you know, uh, he pushing in smoothly and pulling out smoothly. And, and you didn't realize that it was a, uh, shot with a steady cam. So, and then we got all, uh, 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 we got it all, uh, all in one take, you know, so, oh, uh, and then, uh, and also, so that's what I say, you know, say, uh, since uh, we have not not much time, and uh, it had forcing me to do, uh, you know, uh, to make a shot in a smart, you know, in a smart way, you know, and unlike uh, the uh, uh, the usual uh, big Hollywood movie, I, I could have time to shoot a lot of a uh, coverage shot and different angle, and then doing this and that, you know, but but you know. The, and you have to make your choice on the set, yeah. not in the editing room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, where that's really realized in the film is on the, um, at the end scene when he has to go into the paint factory for the final action sequence. And it's a little bit like uh, the nine levels of hell in, in Dante's Inferno uh. Uh, as you go. And 
gets harder and harder as you go along. But I was I was very taken with the stairwell fight because it it's it's a it's a winner. And we, you know, everyone knows the tricks of how you get two pieces together and things like that. But it still plays as a wonder, and it it casts a spell in a way. And um, I was wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit. Sort of what came first? Did you find the stairwell and say this is where the action should be, or was it stairwell in the script and you were scouting stairwells? Well, while we were scouting, and we have found that uh, location, and then I uh, so. And uh, it was uh, half, you know, broken, you know, uh, building and, and very old. And and uh, when you walk inside, you, you, you could get a feeling and uh, you could feel it could be crap in, in, in any minute. So it's really dangerous. So when I look at the stair, uh, it, uh, it, was, uh, it was quite scary. And, and when I look through the, you know, from, from the bottom to the to the top, and it feel like uh, the hell upside down, you know. So I said that you know, our hero is, you know, he's uh, uh, he's fighting hell, you know. So I so I just uh, give him uh, one instruction. I said I want to do it all in one shot. I want to see our hero fighting from the bottom to the fourth floor, and, and a camera, and a one hand have a camera, uh, continue following him, you know, they're going, uh, going up, going up, and you know, uh, it's a pretty long shot. So uh, I, uh, I was, you know, I greatly appreciate for my stunt team, you know, they have, uh, you know, they feel. And it's so exciting, you know, because they have never, you know, tried before, you know, and then, and then they have spent, you know, about a whole week to, uh, to designing all, all the action and, uh, rehearsing with the camera operator, uh, you know, almost every day while, while I'm shooting, uh, something else. And, and, uh, they, they, um, they were just terrific. And, uh, they also, uh, pretty brave uh, because you know the the uh, the building you know is you can feel the shaking you know <laughs> so uh, fortunately uh, we got the shot uh, in, in uh, two days and then uh, uh, nobody get hurt right and then so uh, and 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 also so amazed uh, you know. Uh, about Joe Kinnaman, and he did all this done by himself. Yeah. yeah, no, he's dedicated, yeah. Yeah. Um, I read in a New Yorker profile that was just out that you're half cynical and half romantic. <laughs> and what, do you agree with that? Oh, I, I don't know. I, yeah, maybe right, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, but I prefer, uh, uh more of, more of a romantic, you know, you know, I like, you know, actually, I like all the beautiful things, you know, beautiful people, and, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, and the beautiful world, you know, I like. Yeah. I like to make a beautiful movie. And even though sometimes, you know, I, uh, uh, I use quite a lot of blood, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I was just going to finish by saying uh, when someone has a, you look at trailers and they say from so-and-so, from so-and-so, from this director, from just the name, this person, that, that person. And when you look on your trailers, uh, it says, it doesn't say from John Woo, it says from legendary director John Woo. And how do you get, if you, it's the last question, if you could just tell everyone, how do you get to be a legendary director? I don't know. I think they, they have used the wrong, uh, the wrong term. You know, I, you know, I'm not legendary. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not even, uh, like, uh, like uh, people say I'm a film master or something like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a, a very common filmmaker. You know, I just crazy about movies. Uh, and then uh, they were saying, I think uh, it was a little too much for me. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I must say I'm just a lucky one. You know, I'm lucky since I, since I was a child. Uh, and and my family was so poor, and they, they couldn't afford me to, uh, 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 to the school till nine years old. And then there, there was an, American family, they have sent the money uh, through the church to support uh, to support my uh, school fees. So that's how I how I how I got an uh, education, you know. So I uh, since since then I feel I'm a lucky one, yeah. you know. And then they have uh, supported me for six years, and then uh, so. I was so grateful, and then when I uh, when I fell in love with movies, and then I uh, and then got a chance to direct, you know, is 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 especially especially to make a movie in America, you know, is 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 just like a mission impossible, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're the lucky ones, and you're legendary. I don't care what you say. So thank you very much. Thank, oh, you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America.